know if I'm going low or high sometimes. Yeah, you could. Say something else one more time. Am I good now? Yeah, you could. Perfect. So to sit down with Slim, uh, two take Drake. <laughs> take two. <laughs> yeah, take two. We already know. Social distancing. You've been practicing your social distancing? Yes. Perfectly? No. So how many people you been around today? <laughs> like three. Three? Besides See, my mom. We're at risk now. <laughs> oh my god okay nah right. for real though okay. Um, but you okay who how many people have you been around cause you how had many a photo people have shoot? I been around today one person it was just you and the photographer I'm the photographer oh uh just me and him it was me we got we got stopped by the police first oh so and that's the, the third person he's nah like... listen 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 this is what's funny the police officer wouldn't get out of the car <laughs> Wait, this is time out. This is what I've been wanting to know. How are these traffic stops going? That's what I've been wanting to know. Because nah, I do funny. see people getting pulled over, but I'm this like, this is what he did. Like, so they closed down this trail, and we was like parked off the road, and we went around the fence because the fence was closed. We went around the fence. Okay. And he pulls up off the road. We turn around. He drives off, and I was like, okay, he ain't messing with us. We keep walking. <laughs> He pulls up again, and he goes on a loudspeaker, and he was like, y'all leave before uh, y'all get arrested. And we kept walking, and he started talking louder, and then he was like, he was basically like, uh, uh, stay right there. Uh, something, something, something. He was calling backup or something, and we just turned around and started walking towards the car. He was like, no, stay right there, but he never got out the car. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, he don't want to be around people neither. He don't want no smoke. (laughs) Yeah, so we got in the car and drove off, and he didn't follow us. So we just went to a different spot. So you okay? So technically, you didn't even get a ticket or anything. You just mm, got a. Never got out of the car. You just got a, a polite right. slow down. And to a let, stay to right there. Politely. And a stay right there. Okay. And we didn't stay right there. I'm not about <laughs> to just stand there. So we just got on and we went to a different location. Cause I was like, okay, this is serious, and I didn't even know they shut Grovetown down. Oh, like wow. they ain't got nothing open in Grovetown. Wow. Yeah. See, and Grovetown is small, so if they need anything, they're definitely gonna drive up the road. Yeah, they shut Grovetown down. I think um, it's a lot of spots in Richmond County shut down. That's why I wanted to talk to you about. But Evans, everything is open in Evans. Really? Yeah, everything is open. Barbershops, beauty shops, uh, restaurants are open, but most restaurants are uh, closing off the inside. But they got some restaurants out here that's open. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy out here. I don't know if I want to go to a restaurant right now. No, I ain't ready to go to a restaurant. I don't nah. think so. How, um, like, how serious things are right now, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't I don't, do it. I don't trust anybody cooking my food besides my mama. Yeah. Like, praise the Lord, my mom is home. Yeah. Because <laughs> she cooks, like, twice, maybe three times a week. So, imagine, like, seeing the food prepared and then having it. I don't even know what's going on in the kitchen half the time with people. I don't feel like they wash their hands all the time. I really don't. Because salmonella was passed around real fast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how is salmonella getting... But the way I see people do meat, I'm like, yeah. Like I was telling you earlier, that's how viruses pass along. Like I told you, I had the stomach virus and it passed along yeah. like that. That's exactly how they get And they say along. it's easy to get like stomach viruses from seafood. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, a lot of times people eat it raw. But if it's that's not even being clean before, then, yeah. I'm just, I'm nervous right now. I don't want anybody cooking my food besides my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you're a stylist. How is everything that's going on right now affecting your business? Hmm. Physically touching people, well, not being able to touch people, I should say, is preventing me from making the dollar behind the chair. But like I was telling you earlier, I started looking at business plans that I had before Mm -hmm. and started thinking about different things to do to make your business recession proof 
then like I mean you can be behind the chair what five days a week but you can also have like audio you can have merchandise you can sell um like how-to videos or books and stuff ebooks stuff like that so I mean I won't dive too deep into that unless you want me to no you can um but it's I would say digital products would be the way to go now for stylists and that's what I like to teach that's pretty much what I go on now. Because, oh, online courses? Yeah, online courses, okay. ebooks, just helping people be better at what they're already doing. That's what I like to do. That's what I like to teach. So I started putting out, um, you know, like the audio. I recorded ebooks for like vendor lists, things like that. And that's those are the kind of items I would be pushing out. Mm-hmm. So. You can be recession-proof as a stylist. Um, even when it comes to, like, benefits, you, 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 it's actually not hard to have benefits as a stylist. I learned that um, recently, actually, even though I've been licensed for a while. Like, I literally been licensed since 2015, and I'm just now learning how to set up insurance. But that's another story. But um, <laughs> I just realized something. Sorry. Right. Um nothing he just threw me off I just, <laughs> now I'm like rethinking what I'm saying but you can definitely have a recession proof business right now having like digital products so what I encourage people to do is write about what you know write about things that you're good at like braiding for instance if you know you know certain things about braiding put it in a book for people like sell it because people need that kind of information. So, um, something else. You can do merchandise. You can sell bundles. Um, and, I mean, if you want to get to being technical about being clean and sanitized or disinfected, you could get all of your products. You know, you can get all your products and ship them to people yourself. You don't have to necessarily wait for shipping from Amazon like the stuff that you can make di- like with for, through your digital products you can send that through email your merchandise you can like buy t-shirts have somebody in town print your logos or whatever you want on your shirts you can do that kind of stuff like within driving distance so you don't really need to have a whole lot of stuff shipped to you you can just do small things like start with small items so yeah, I mean that's, that's working on now too like uh, merchandise merchandise yeah i just i just got some shirts made today because i had a, cu- a couple people ask me about it and i'm also working on getting a couple of my photos printed yeah yeah because it's getting hard out here yeah <laughs> i mean and i i started thinking about like systems different systems that we need to have in place on our websites whenever we're not there mm-hmm. have you thought about that uh i thought about it a little bit but i didn't go too deep into it yeah, like it. I was just thinking about having, you know, a message system where when people come to the site, you know, they're getting a question answered right away and they don't have to wait, mm-hmm. you know, for an email or a text or whatever. So I'm, tr- I'm thinking of different ways to be more automated, if that makes sense. So, you know, everything is working even if you're not there technically or physically. But how many people do you have working at your shop? Well, it's. <laughs> I, I know sorry. it's a nice shop though, because I seen it when I went to Humanity to do the interview. Yeah, but it's not my shop though. Okay. It's not like I'm a stylist that actually works in the shop. Okay. Yeah, and I when <laughs> I'm laughing because people always think like when they come to the location who haven't been there they're thinking it's my shop sometimes and i'm like no like it says it on the cards and it says it on the window yeah i wasn't paying no attention no it's okay it's okay i just think about well you know that's that's an expectation that's a good expectation for people to have like Mm -hmm. that you got your own you know like come and be like oh this is hers you know i think that's a good thing but when it really happens i'm gonna be like okay how do you go about getting your own shop, though? Okay. Break that down. Like, um, someone someone that just got their license. Because you said you had your mm-hmm. license going on five years, right? 
Yeah. So let's say someone just got their license. How do they go about saving the money and getting resources to open up their own shop? Hmm. Okay. So I can go a couple different ways. I go from like um from being in a full service salon where there's multiple stylists to being in a suite. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking about having a salon where there's multiple stylists involved, multiple chairs, you have to decide if you're going to charge group rent or commission. And so with commission, it's a sliding scale. So you have to figure out, you know, what the, what the sliding scale is going to be. And then basically figure out what they're going to be paid and then what the salon is going to get. Because that's basically what commission should be is the commission that the salon is actually getting is supposed to go back into the salon and then they get paid their commission. And then if you want to get technical, you can do like independent contracting and they get 1099s and then they file their own taxes. But you take out, you know, taxes throughout the year too. So you can do it that way. But... That's, I mean, that's a lot. I would say 60000 60000 60000 That's. I put that number out there because when I actually looked back at the numbers last night, um, if you're not starting with really anything, like any capital, like say you start with $500, okay, you might find a space, you might have to remodel that space, and then you have to buy salon equipment, and then, and how much is that? What would you spend the whole sixty thousand on? Mm. Like a quick breakdown. Salon equipment. And that's what, some of that would like actually be allocated also for um, the stylist mm-hmm. because you still want to hire a stylist to to work maybe two or three, and then at least if they're not getting clients, you still have something there to give them some kind of you know some kind of cushion for them mm-hmm. so that's what that's what some of the 60,000 would go to as well so salon equipment staff payroll um supplies like color towels um hair extensions if you have to like remodel you get you know, a down payment on the space. Yeah, I mean, right? you have to do that as well. Mm-hmm. But if you have to pay, you know, for different things to be fixed in the salon, you got to get like permission from the city. So you have to pay for those kind of things. Um, What's that? Permits? Permits. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going based off of like what I've researched myself, like looking into different spaces. So, you have to make sure you can pay yourself at the end of the day, too. So, I would say that 60000 is going to have to be your cushion for at least a good, what, a year. At least a Probably year. Probably more, huh? I mean, if I'm already working and I have a clientele, my clientele would pay, you know, the rent. And then, of course, if those stylists are getting, you know, clients here and there, which they will, they're not going to be dry for a whole year. You know, like I said, it's just going to, that 60000 is going to hold cushion, but they're still going to be able to get clients and do clients. So, um, basically, like, if you're going to go that route with having a salon and staffing um, different stylists, you got to be diverse. Like, I would have people who cut hair. That way I can diverse that kind of clientele and bring those kind of people in. But say you don't go that route and you go the salon suite route, which most people, when they start in salon suites, they're by themselves. So they don't really have a team. They don't really, you know, get a whole lot of walk-in traffic unless they're already known. They're not going to get a whole lot of walk-in traffic because salon suites are more closed off. So when you're, it's like basically walking in someone's house and you just get to look in different rooms to see what everybody is doing. So you just have to have people that know where that location is and really promote. So, I mean, with both, with both 
sides of it whether you go having the big salon or a salon suite you still have to market well because people still need to know what your brand is about and what your business is about so if you start like a salon suite when i started my salon suite in texas it started out at about 2500 and that was with having most of the most of what i needed which was just chemicals capes um a dryer i didn't have to buy a styling chair or a shampoo bowl because that salon suite actually had it so you kind of get some of those expenses taken care of when you move into a salon suite versus going out on your own and then you have to buy all that equipment so that's one upside to it and then you can pay one time a month or you usually would pay weekly so either i mean i think i think it was all together 800 a month that salon suite was so that was actually pretty good but it was about it i mean but the square footage wasn't it wasn't 800 square feet so it's not like you you it was to me overpriced but it was what it was it was a good start but with having like a bigger salon you might depending on the square footage if you look if you're getting something that's about 1200 square feet you're probably gonna end up paying like around 15 so it just depends on what you can handle at that time but what got you into this uh business I mean, I've been braiding hair since I was nine. But what made you, like, get your license and go through the whole process? Mm. Like, to, like, legalize everything? Yeah. Um, I I just walked into a school, actually, because I was here first, and then we had moved. And so I was like, okay, well, we moved, so I'm just going to go to school for, like, nursing. And that's because at the time, I didn't look into cosmetology schools before we moved to San Antonio. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even end up going to cosmetology school until I left Georgia. But I had been out of school for a while. So I just walked into a cosmetology school one day and it was like, it was set up like a salon. So it was already appealing on the eye. So when you walk in, it's black, it's white, you're seeing all these, you know, different products, all these different um posters and models all over the place and like i said i've been doing braids since i was nine and doing hair for people in my entire family so i was already used to doing hair so when i walked into that school i met with somebody from the admissions team and she was telling me the biggest difference between their school and other schools was that you learn the business side of cosmetology and so she sparked my my brain into thinking about the business side i'm like it's a business side <laughs> so i was like i mean that might sound you know that might not sound i don't know like it might sound like i should have known like it was a business oh, already. No, no, i get it because but, i know a lot of people that uh start out just doing hair at the house yeah like when you do hair for your family you're not thinking oh i'm about to have a whole business like you're not thinking yeah. that you just do hair so i started doing hair just how you know at home and you know braiding and then she was talking to me about business and then she started breaking down the curriculum so i was like okay so i was interested and that's what sparked my interest in going to school for it because I was already doing it. I wanted to learn more about hair care and I wanted to learn, okay, well, how can I make some money? And that's basically what I learned at the academy that I went to was how to make the money. And then shortly after that, that's when I started to learn how to grow it. So it's been a process. <laughs> A rough process? Yes. Or? Yes. Yes. And I'm not afraid to say yes. It's been rough. What's the uh, roughest thing about it? Uh, moving. Moving around and having to start over. Building clientele over and over. Like, I've moved. I think I've moved at least maybe four times since 2015. So, I've moved a lot. So, every time you move somewhere, you basically have to start all the way over getting clientele. And how do you go about getting the clientele? 
market marketing. And how's that Make like social cards, media ads? Yep. I mean, social media ads. Style seed. You can use style seed. You can use Craigslist. Um, Instagram hashtags. People find you. You'd be surprised at how many people find you through hashtags. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I found most of. I think I found what you did through a hashtag on an artist, somebody like an artist, and then I went and saw you know what you were doing and then of course the background like that's eye catching so people can find you through hashtags and that's free marketing yeah so i mean when i moved here in 2000 well i moved back in 2018 so i started building clientele right at the tail end of 2018 mm-hmm. and then when i went into um it was ulta Ulta is where I really started building more clientele. That's like a corporate salon. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. That now that's a whole different ball game. That's like a chain salon kind of environment, and they pay you commission as well. But I built a lot of clientele there, and then kind of just branched off. Um, did you like working at that chain? It was. I mean, it was. It was educational, but to me, it wasn't long term. So it wasn't like, oh, this is mine. It was never going to be mine. It was always going to be that corporate structure. And I didn't really, that's not me. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. I can't stay here. So I had to branch off and find other people who were creative in the city. And I just started meeting different stylists and different salon owners. And I... The salon I'm at now is the second one. Yeah, the second one that I've been at outside of Ulta. And how's that one going? It's cool. Nice location. You like the location? Yeah, I I like being downtown. I mean... Here's my question about downtown. And um, I was talking to somebody last night about this. I didn't get a chance to ask him because he was actually on somebody else's podcast. I was uh, filming. I want to know, like... I don't see a lot of foot traffic downtown. I could be wrong, but, like, how does that play into income, like, being located downtown? Because in Augusta, downtown just isn't a very busy spot from what I see. I mean, you'd be surprised. During the day, a lot of people leave work to come downtown to eat, Mm -hmm. so they have to walk by because it's a small restaurant next to us that sells, like, small items that they can eat so they come down there for lunch or breakfast and they'll see us so I feel like location is important I mean parking is also important but location is important people do need to see you so on that corner you'll see in the window it's lit up you'll see the lights so you'll you'll catch it but we get a lot of traffic closer to the middle of the week during lunchtime and it'll be like people who will walk in They'll see stuff like this on our desk, pick it up and walk out, or they'll see the poster outside. So again, marketing. <laughs> oh yeah, you big on the business side. I like that. <laughs> Is that what got you into starting a podcast? Yes. I want to know about this podcast. I'm interested because I love meeting people that do podcasts. Because I've been into podcasting probably two years now. And on two years. You don't understand how excited I was when I came across your podcast. Because not only is it hard finding black podcasts, like host, black podcast hosts, but it's hard finding people who want to collaborate mm-hmm. and want to work with you. And I'm like, okay, well, don't nobody know you. <laughs> don't nobody know me either. So let's, yeah. you know, let's let people know us together let's let people find out about who we are together but that's basically what i based style studio off of was dope artists link up that was what hit my mind when i thought about the name for style studio in general Mm -hmm. and then i just went with the logo and then once i thought about the podcast i went with the logo for the radio because i mean i'm an 80s baby i'm at the end but i'm still an 80s baby so the boom box is something that's like that's legendary for me because I love music. Mm-hmm. I love entertainment. So it that's how I put it all together. And I didn't want it to be just about hair. 
So I took off the Jay Valencia because then it kind of took me out of it, if that makes sense. And I just left it at Style Studio Podcast because I wanted to be like a freelance, you know, broadcast where basically how you talk open and freely with the guests that you have, that's what Style Studio Podcast is. So it's just various artists coming together, getting to know each other. So When did you start it? What? <laughs> he can get on my nerves. <laughs> um, I think it was to at the end of 2018. I think I did my first episode at the beginning of 2019. Yeah, I'm so sad though because it got deleted. What happened? I don't know what I was doing. I was, I guess, I was, I was cleaning out my my files, and I don't know how I ended up deleting all the segments but i ended up deleting the whole segment and i thought it was still going to show up on apple podcast and it no it's gone that's crazy something like that happened to me too it was um right before i got my camera i was in atlanta and i was about to fly to san antonio Mm -hmm. and i did a uh, i did a podcast with an artist a real dope artist too and i don't know what happened but when i opened my laptop when i got to san antonio the whole audio was gone, but luckily I recorded I recorded a video on my phone. That hurts. So I just put the whole video on YouTube, just okay. straight from my phone. Okay. It's not that bad neither. The quality. Yeah, it's not good, but it's not that bad. <laughs> the sound was decent. I ain't put the sound on on, on the podcast now because okay. I hate bad sound. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, but it wasn't that bad. I don't remember what it's called. And it was, I think I started the same time you started, so that's a little while ago. Well, I like how you have the setup where you record and talk at the same time. I like that. Because it keeps, it to me keeps it consistent. Mm -hmm. So, I did, I said, I'm going to take that idea. I'm going to do that. It's kind of hard doing everything yourself, though. It is. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, it's real hard. <sighs> like, okay, you're the artist, the manager. You're taking care of what the day to day operations too. Mm-hmm. And you still gotta come with the money to pay all these different people, and it's just you. Yep. So you learn how to do. A lot of things by yourself because it's like okay either I'm gonna pay one person to do this or I'm gonna have to pay five different people to do what I need to do so it's either you gonna learn or pay either way you I mean either way you're still paying but it's either you gonna pay a whole lot of different people or you're gonna just gain the skill so it's a lot of things that you have to do on your own but that's okay but it gets over yeah, I um right now I'm starting to produce other people's podcasts and I got somebody that uh I work with named Maine. Shout out to Maine from Order the Masters. He actually got me into that because he produces also. Mm-hmm. And I told him before I was like it's kind of crazy how we took out all this time to learn all this and you know we're selling this service for a nice low price mm-hmm. and people don't understand like how valuable that is exactly because <laughs> this took me a long time to learn all this like man i got a video about it my first podcast i ever recorded was with my imac computer me and uh my homeboy i had a podcast with we just stood in front of it and we talked about some stupid topics real yeah. stupid yeah. <laughs> and we just put it on facebook and we finally got mics right after that no interface, just hooked the mic straight up to the computer. Sound was crackling, sound was horrible, it was mm-hmm. echoing, a lot of reverb, and I was like, nah, I can't <laughs> go with this. Finally figured out I needed a mixer, got the mixer. Now I don't know how to like get my levels right. So those episodes was bad. Then towards the end, like right before me and him stopped, stopped doing that podcast, I figured <laughs> it out. I was like, okay. Matter of fact, I think episode six, I got the mixer that I got now. I was using the interface before that. Okay. 
didn't know how to use that mixer. Honestly, I'm going to be 100% honest. I just learned how to use that mixer a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just learned. And uh, But I'm See? good now, though. I'm all the way good. And um, I was telling my dog, Maine, uh, the guy I work with, I got a podcast. Um, Who's that, Maine? Is it... More than the Masters. That's the name of his podcast. More. More than the Masters. Okay. Yeah. I was telling him last night, like, so now I'm to the point where I want to upgrade everything. Mm-hmm. Like, there's these microphones that that like the Breakfast Club and all them big names oh. use, and the mic is like four hundred dollars. I was telling him, I oh, like, I think it. I'm about to break down and buy you one. You can get it. I think I'm gonna get one. Yes. I'm getting to that point. Go ahead. I told him he was like, I don't know, Slim. I was like, bro, I think I'm gonna get one now and just get mm-hmm. another one like the end of the year. Exactly. Cause I yep. want it. <laughs> that's I, that's one thing I learned. Like, if I need it for the business and I got the extra three hundred, yeah. I'm getting it. I'm gonna get it because it's for the business. So. This is my thing. Like, I, man, I was telling him this last night. I sat down. I think night before last, because I ain't had shit to do, because we got all this going on. Oh. And um, <laughs> I had like I had like this little weird thought. I was like, okay, Slim, let's think about this. You go to the bar every weekend and spend forty dollars on wings and drinks. You go to cigar lounges every every other day. Oh, you wow. spend about thirty dollars on cigars. I was like, and then you only put X amount of money into your businesses. Why not stop doing that shit? And put that money into this reverse psychology. Yeah, on yourself. Yeah, cause I'm like, yes. I don't know. I could have been afforded those two, those two microphones. I could have been afforded the 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 camera lens I want. Don't it make you sit down and think? It makes you sit down and think. Yeah. This time right here is what did it to me because I had clients for all this week and basically everybody canceled, so I ain't had nothing but time to think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nah, I really got to get my finances in order. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> it's going exactly. to get rough. That's what I had wanted to talk to you about. Yeah. Look, I, I didn't came with my own topics. I <laughs> like me now. I didn't came with my own topics. So, what stocks are you thinking about? Are you thinking about, like, airline stocks? Uh, I had I had somebody, somebody I'm close with uh, hit me up yesterday talking about Robin Hood. And they were talking about airline stocks and stuff. Um, I didn't tell him this, but I'll tell you this. So here's my issues with people talking about stocks. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking okay. about him. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, I gotta hear it. <laughs> here, here, here's my issues with with some people talking about stocks because I'm gonna talk about myself also. Now, I used to be into stocks. I was real heavy into investing. I used to have a cleaning business and I had good money coming in and I was mm. investing a lot of money. I was real heavy into it. That's what's up. Right now, I'm not in that that time in my life where I'm financially stable enough to be in, putting all this money into investments, not knowing if I'm getting it back or not. Right, you're so right. So I wouldn't take that gamble. So people like the person I'm thinking of, it it's kind of weird to me that they come to me talking about these investments when mm-hmm. I'm like, I know for a fact you ain't financially stable because if I'm not, I know you not. Got it. So it's kind of weird. It's like, hmm, yeah, you don't have X, Y, and Z. But you would put X amount of money into some stocks. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't yeah. get it. I'm but like, you, but like, I mean, you still gotta know what you can afford yeah. at the end of the day. So like, you still gotta be responsible, even if you are investing. I don't. I won't deter anybody from investing or saving, or you know, putting their money into something that can grow over time. But. Do you, I mean, you still do have to be stable. I mean, you got to be smart with it, too. You can't just chunk money, you know, into stocks every single week. Because yeah. it's, you're not going to get a return on it right away. So, you just got to think smart. Like, right now will be a good time for you to buy maybe three shares of, you know, something that's under $100. Yeah, because it's affordable. I mean, a $50 stock is affordable. That's going to yeah. grow. You know, you just got to be patient. But I get what it you're take saying. It takes a lot of patience. Too, you do, right. You don't want to think that it's just going to happen, like, you know, right away. But, but at least if you living. watch the economy, you'll start to learn more about how the money is going to come, you know, come to you. But think about if you live in paycheck to paycheck. And when you get your paycheck, you put $50 into the stock. And four days later, you ain't got no money. So now it's like, you got to pull them $50 out. You ain't got no money to eat. So that's I mean, why it don't make sense but, to me when people do that. I don't know. Cause, but what, see, you can even take that and flip that. Like, what would you do? Are you going to keep taking money out of your savings? Or are you just going to 
fast. Yeah, the people I'm talking about probably don't have a savings though. <laughs> That's my thing. Dang. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I had a conversation with somebody last week that didn't know what a 401k was. Oh no! And now they own. Online talking about 401k. Aww. <laughs> it's funny though. I think it's funny. I'm just glad they know now though. I know. Like, it's great when people get enlightened. It's yeah. great. No, but for real. You definitely need to know what 401k is. <laughs> but uh, people always say um, investing is for the rich. What? I'm with you. Investing isn't for the rich. Like if you okay. if you have enough money and you're financially stable, then I definitely think you can invest. I mean, but investments. I think investments start with yourself, though. But how do you think they get to where they get to if they didn't invest? But see, I'm with you. But my thing is like it's certain things you should invest into within yourself before you get to the point where oh, they're you having mean, like, a conversation being a and me and you with your money. Yeah, like yeah. okay, like first, like maybe maybe you want to get your own crib, maybe you want to get your get you a car, True. maybe you want to start you a business. Then have the conversation about investments. Yeah, but you know, some people their family have their investments set up. Yes, so like everybody inherits, you know, a part of the investment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes some people, also too. yeah, that I mean, but that's what that's what some people are thinking. You know, they're like, well, let me build my legacy up. Let me build this generational wealth, you know. But you know what's funny? Only in a black community, that's called being spoiled. (laughs) I hate that. And I don't even think about that. I don't even listen to that kind of stuff because I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to feel bad because my parents made good decisions. They were both poor. They were both poor Jamaican kids. And they came over here when they were like 15 and 14 and they're both very highly respected veterans. So, I don't listen to that spoiled. Yep, I was spoiled. <laughs> I was definitely spoiled. I used to let that spoiled stuff get to me only because, like, I wasn't really that spoiled. So <laughs> Like, you don't even see sense. it. Yeah, it didn't really make sense yeah. to me. And then also, like, my biggest thing is, like, people that call you spoiled had better opportunities than you. And you'd be like, how spoiled when, when we was in high school, your parents got you a car. Exactly. <laughs> I had to take the 94 Accord. <laughs> I mean, a lot of times I felt like, well, I got a car. Let me just be grateful. Yeah. Driving without I don't, no license. I don't understand that spoiled thing. But yeah. like I said, it's only in the black community, I swear, because like nah, white mean, people don't even think about that. You. It depends on where you are. See, I had to stop thinking like that because when I went to San Antonio, <laughs> you think you hear things only in the black community until you start hearing, you know, Hispanic people talking. Yeah, I was about to say, that's what Then you get around, you, you do get around some Caucasian people and they talk and they say, oh, you know, they say all kinds of stuff. So it really, I, I won't even generalize it to just being in the black community because everybody has like a problem with their community. Everybody had their own San Antonio is a weird place though. Cause... But it was like a melting pot. Yeah, that's what I liked. Oh, San Antonio? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I mean, it wasn't a lot. It's not. I didn't live there, so I probably have a, a a different experience. But I was like, it's a lot of Mexicans here. Yeah, a lot. I don't I know, but I don't think it's just thing, Mexican but, though, because it's I I know a lot of Puerto Rican people, um, Dominican. So it's like a like I said, it's a melting pot. But I will say, you do have a lot of Spanish, Hispanic. I mean. Well, my mom, she stayed on the south side, so it was a lot of Mexicans there. Oh, yeah. My homeboy stayed on the east side. It was it was some that black was people there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it would be more black people on the east and the northeast side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had a friend that stayed in the north side, and the north side was pretty nice. I yeah. like the north side. I went to a couple clubs over there that was nice, too. Where? Uh, on the north side. It was like some Alamo top Heights. clubs, probably. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I went out there because I think I took my homeboys out there and it Shout was out to San Antonio, Texas. Uh, it was somebody's birthday or something. I don't know, man. Texas. I'm not a big fan of Texas. Like not everybody want to move to Texas. Dallas. I miss Texas. Okay, uh, what do you like about Texas? Um, it was just it was a different vibe. It was a different vibe. Like I like being able to hop in my car, take the back road, and drive to Austin, party down Sixth Street. And then just drive back home. Now, 
Austin is literally 56 minutes away. Yeah. So we were taking that ride just to hang out on 6th Street downtown in Austin because it was just, it's the vibe, it's the atmosphere, it's the people you're around. It's just so many different Austin is one of them progressive cities. Yeah, I mean I it's nice. It's yeah. nice. The night, the night. To me, the night scene out there is diverse. You, you're not just gonna go to just like an empire. Mm-hmm. No, you know you got all different types of bars and restaurants. And it's a lot of weirdos in Austin. Too. I mean, yeah, of course. But everybody is a weirdo. That's true. Everybody. But it's weirdo. super weirdos in Austin. Uh, we can say <laughs> super. We can say. I mean, we can say that, but. Shoot, Atlanta got some super weirdos too. Nah, it's a whole nother scene. They that's they, a whole nother vibe, but it's, it's totally like I ain't gonna say that. I said I'm gonna talk about no more gay topics on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but nah, Austin is like when I had went to Austin because I had went over there to visit a friend and we had went out and I was like, dang, it's a it's a lot of godly people out tonight, ain't it? <laughs> and he was like, bro, it's always like this. I was what? like, oh, this is, this is a crazy place. It's not always like that. It's not always Man, like that. Man, we went that. to like three different spots. And like you said, it was like mixed environments, but it was a lot of gothic people. Oh, my God. Maybe but I, I try not to base, like, you know, my one night somewhere yeah. off of, you know, off of that little experience. I hate close minded people. Yeah. I mean, that was some, that was a place I would go often. So... I, it was it was just always nice. I always had a good experience when I went to Austin, and then, you know, it's nice at night. Yeah. It's a night. I mean. So how you like living in Augusta? <sighs> I like it. Nah, you don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, like I can tell, I can tell by that answer. You like, oh nah, this ain't. This ain't, this ain't it's this ain't not really. my speed. It's yeah, not because, my speed. Like, um, how you talking about these other cities? Of course, since I've been there, I, um, I know they're like a lot faster, a yeah. lot bigger. Yeah. And see, that's why I like Augusta though, because it's a lot slower, <laughs> it's a lot calmer. It depends. It just depends on what you want when you want it. So, I mean, if I want to be excited if I want to go somewhere more exciting I'll go to Savannah I mean because I like Savannah to oh me, you think Savannah more exciting than I mean <laughs> I feel like I'm being gained up on whatever <laughs> nah, I nah, nah, I'm just asking her. I'm just asking but of course I disagree but I'm just <laughs> no I'm just saying because I'm a I'm a person that likes to be you know about water and oh, yeah, be on yeah. the river walk and stuff like that I'm definitely and with you on that I love seafood so I think Savannah is, like, a very historical place. So, yeah. it does give you, like, that nice, like, nostalgic feeling when yep. you're out there. I love yep. that. Augusta is kind of, like, grimy. <laughs> like. <laughs> I didn't even I remember. That. Nah, I, I mean, it's that. the truth. Like, I remember when I moved from Augusta and went to Kentucky. I remember telling my mom, like, before we move, I was like, dang, we moving to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be, you know, kind of bigger. Because I thought we moved to Louisville. I was like, you know, it's going to be kind of bigger or whatever. Yeah. But we moved to a small town called Radcliffe. <laughs> and oh, like, my God. It was nothing out there. Mm-hmm. And it made me appreciate Augusta. Yeah. But, you know, I moved, like, I explored um, Kentucky. I went to, like, Lexington. I went to Louisville. I went to Bowling Green. And, uh, you know, I seen those cities, whatever. And it reminded me, like, Augusta is kind of, like, rough and dirty <laughs> you, keep, you keep using those words it's true though <laughs> using those but words. that's kind of like what i like about augusta you know I mean, what I'm saying? Just, i like that about augusta, augusta make you augusta make you have tough skin like yeah. you have no choice but to have tough skin so when people say whatever do whatever you just have to be like my craziest like like Augusta um, moments I remember is teen clubs. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I don't oh think God. no place in the world got teen clubs. <laughs> and Augusta had teen clubs. Oh, God. And like, it used to always be fights, always be yep. shootings. And I'm like, but how y'all shooting at the teen yeah, club? Why would, you, why would you make a building and stick a whole bunch of 15 and 16 year olds in it? Mm, That's crazy. They, they don't even bring that mean. back neither. They, I, I don't even think, well. I've been hearing about these little parties that these kids have. At, oh, um, these see, I don't know nothing houses. about kids. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looped in a little bit. But so what explain it is like. It's like I mean, their parties shut down at like twelve because oh, they gotta man. close down that that building at a certain time. Mm-hmm. But they get down, they get down at their little parties. 
I bet it ain't it's nothing rough. like them teen clubs. Bro. It's rough. It it's still rough. People I, still fight. People still meet up to fight. I remember it was one club in Augusta called uh, the Dirty South. <laughs> <laughs> that shit used to be so oh rough, dog. I used to be like, bro, don't nobody in here look like they came here to have fun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how but it was I a nice club though. It had like the little the little platform uh, floor that light up like the scene from Scarface. Okay. <laughs> it was real nice, but every nigga in there had the dreads with the gold teeth and was just mugging. Nobody Everybody was the same. Yeah. And I hated that era. I used to call that the uh, B2K era. B2K. Where everybody in Augusta had dreads, gold teeth, and camo jackets. I would call that the Lil John era. Lil John? Nah, see, I call it B2K because, you know, B2K used to always dress alike. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was like... If you knew you, that was a group. Yeah, if you went to Regal Cinema, it was nothing but dreads, gold teeth, camo jacket, black oh forces. Jabot jeans. Jabot. I, I ain't lie. I used to love them Jabot jeans. I ain't even listening to that a lot. <laughs> I was just telling somebody last night that was a fashion designer though. I was telling them I was like, man, let's be honest. Though. You want like, to bring back them Jabot jeans? Nah, I ain't telling them that. I, I told them straight up. I said, bro, I'm going to just be 100% honest. Them Evisels and Red Monkeys and all that stuff we was wearing, that shit was tacky as hell. <laughs> like, we thought bait. it was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Bape hard. I like bait. You like bait? Yeah, bait's still hard. Okay. But, like, bait don't really go. That's a lie. They do go over the top. But, like, I can tell, like, it's a Japanese clothing line because that's oh, how really? shit look in Japan. Because I've been to Japan one time before. Oh. That's how shit look in Japan. Okay. Like, I can tell. But, like, Red Monkey and, and Ibiza, like, mm. that shit was just tacky. <laughs> and we love that shit. I remember I went into the store and spent, like, $2,500 on that bullshit before. Oh, my God. That's oh, I was, excessive. I was dumb when I was a kid, though. Like, in I'm, high school? Yeah. Oh, no. Nah. I just told somebody today, I, um, when I was in high school, my phone bill was $180. I, oh, I was the only nigga with a sidekick. I was the only nigga with a sidekick in my class. Oh no, yeah. it was a little well, flip phone. No me and my kid. homeboy, I, I did the photo shoot with today. We grew up together. Me and him was the only ones with sidekicks. Oh wow! Everybody else had the Nokia with the snake. Those are those were expensive. What, you talking about the ones that that was sliding up? Yeah. Those were expensive. He had the uh, he had like the original one with the. With the blue case, and I and had flip the, around. Yeah, I yeah. had the patent leather uh, Dwayne Wade edition. Oh, fancy! Yeah. I mean, I ain't <laughs> I ain't buy it. One of my homeboys stole it from somebody and sold it to me. Oh wow! But then, but see, the phone the phone ain't even the expensive part. It's the plans. It's the plan because you got to get the internet plan, mm-hmm. which is one hundred and ten dollars. Then you get the regular plan, and I think the only thing That's I had insurance. I didn't get insurance. Oh, you can't no. get insurance on the phone you ain't buy. True. <laughs> True. So I had there the internet you. plan. I had free texting. You can't text nobody. Nobody had texting back then. <laughs> <laughs> so it was literally just me and him texting each other. Man. That was crazy though. That I remember having to put minutes on my phone. I remember that too. All tell had the minutes thing. No 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 no. I think they had they had the minutes phone that Alltel came out where you can put like money on the phone and they had like unlimited plans for like three dollars a day. So everybody used to go into the store and put $10 on your phone. Yeah. Alltel. I remember that. Okay. That was around 2007. Alltel came out okay. of that. And they, um, I think they called them the dope boy phones. Yeah. Because they chirp. Yeah. Uh, Nextel. That was Nextel. <laughs> That's Nextel. what I was thinking I had a about. Nextel, Nextel too. Yeah. Nextel, that was a crazy right era of phones though. Oh my God. I don't miss that. I used to walk up and down the hallway when I was going to school in Atlanta. I would walk up and down the hallway and hear people in the hallway just chirping. For no reason. Just chirping it's in the just, hallway. It's just the feeling. It's kind of like... Just being able to do it at school. Yeah. It's just the feeling, man. Most things people do is all because of feeling. Like, I was just telling somebody today, I was like, I don't think people are, um... I don't think people are, like, addicted to smoking the weed. <laughs> I think they're addicted to the process of smoking the weed. What you okay, what do you mean when you say the process? Like some people don't even feel like smoking. They just literally bored as hell and just want to roll a blunt. You know what I'm saying? Cuz I know that's how I was when I was young. Like I literally had to look myself in the mirror and be like, "Bro, you don't even like this shit no more. You just want to roll the blunt." And then like people hate when I say this shit. It's the oral sensation they get from smoking that they like also. The oral sensation. Yes. <laughs> They just like the process of putting the blunt to their lips 
and the and the feeling they get from the smoke right. going in the mouth and then blowing it out. I that's feel like that's like. why people smoke cigarettes. Yeah, I agree. I and cigars. Uh, I agree. I just don't see the point. It has to be the sensation of it is whatever it smells like or however it tastes. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Oh, I don't disagree. I smoke cigars, so look, everybody has their vices. Um, True. But see, the weed thing, because I smoke weed for a long time, but I stopped because you get to the point where you don't you don't like being high no more. <laughs> and I think a lot of people don't like being high. This how I feel about alcohol. Going. I don't. I don't. I'll drink, but I don't drink to the point where I get inebriated like before. I yeah. mean, I've only done that like twice. It's not something I just did all the time, but. When I really you only drank two, two times. No, to the point where I was oh, like, you only got drunk just twice. really, really, just drunk, passed out, almost passing out. I've only done that twice because I was out for like a birthday party, and then I think the last time I was just at a friend's house and we was playing some game. But that's how I started feeling about alcohol. Like I was like, I don't like feeling like this anymore. I don't like my head exploding every 10 seconds like that is not a good feeling so i'm gonna be honest with you i love drinking but i do get what you saying like i'm to the point now i'm to the point now where like i'm about to be 30 in like two months oh, so wow. i can't i can't drink how i used to only because of the hangovers yeah so now it's like Hey, Slim, you know you got shit to do tomorrow? Yep. Like, matter of fact, yesterday I went to uh, my homeboy in them crib. They was over there chilling and drinking and shit. And I, I told him straight up, I like, bro, I got some shit to do tonight. I mm-hmm. had to shoot something. I had to shoot something um, last night at nine. And then like, I shoot a, a video? Uh, a podcast. I had oh, to shoot okay. a podcast last night at nine. Then I had to wake up this morning and, and uh, do a couple things. I told them straight up, like, they had, like, three bottles of Hennessy. I was like, bro, oh I'm, I'm going to drink these two cups of Hennessy oh. and these two beers. You were limiting yourself to two. Yep. Because I knew I had shit to do. And um, when I got to At shoot the podcast, yeah, I normally, like, drink, like, a drink a couple beers while I'm shooting it. Mm-hmm. Nah, I just drink water. Because I was like, yeah, I'm getting old, dog. Okay. I ain't got it no more. He's learning. <laughs> He's learning. Yeah. I'm still drinking, though. Yeah. But blackout drunk? been there no oh, no i don't want to go there anymore okay another question i have see i came prepared again okay um so what is your goal for the podcast sit down with slim what is the goal behind sit down with slim i love i love when uh the interviewer turns to the, to the interviewee i love that shit but uh all right say? so you heard what he said that's a good question because the other day I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how people do music. And, um, you know, like, in hip-hop, not all genres of music, but, like, in hip-hop, they kind of...